Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you, friends, for listening to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. We want to welcome all of our listeners, and especially those who are new listeners to our uh, Hope Along the Journey audio podcast and radio broadcast. We are just so delighted to have you with us today. Hope Along the Journey is a ministry of encouragement, and we want to do our best to share the message of the hope found in Christ with those who listen to each and every episode. We have a wonderful guest today by way of Zoom. We have Alina Prish. Alina, I said that right, didn't I? You did. I got that. (laughs) Not too many people pronounce it correctly. (laughs) Well, if you hadn't helped me earlier, I probably wouldn't have got it right. That's right. (laughs) But Alina, we're so delighted to have you today with us here at Hope Along the Journey. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. For those of you who don't know who she is, she is a widowed pastor's wife, a mother of four adult children, and now the wife to Peter for nearly 20 years. Congratulations on 20 years. Yes, thank you. She's a longtime New Yorker. We won't hold that against her. She enjoys days of solitude at the ocean, traveling, refurbishing furniture, playing the piano, and gardening in her Mm -hmm. backyard. Uh, And we'll be talking a little more with her, and then at the end of today's episode, we will give you some information where you can reach out to her. But again, welcome to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. Thank you for having me. Well, we have talked about this. In fact, we even tried to do this earlier and it didn't work out. (laughs) So we finally got things straightened out. Technology is a wonderful thing when it works, right? That's right. Yeah, so we're glad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can't live with it and can't live without it. You know, it's one of those kind of things. Well, you have a message to share and a story to share with us today. So we'd like to get right into that. And the first thing I'd like for you to do, if you would, is just kind of tell us a little bit about who you are, your early years, uh, where you hail Mm -hmm. from, and all of that good information. So just kind of Get us better acquainted with who you are. Okay. My name is Alina Ray. That's how I was born. And I was born in southeastern Ohio in a, uh, near a town called Galpless, Ohio. And uh, my grandfather was a minister. And so I grew up with um, my mom and my grandparents would sing in church and go around to the tri-state area and everything. So I was oh, that's very privileged to see all of that and um, uh, grew up in the country and there's no better life than that, I believe. But, <laughs> um, I, and I grew up in church, like I said, from the time I was a little girl and um, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was like seven years old. Well, that's beautiful. And it has been an incredible journey for me ever since. Wow. And 
So, yeah. That's neat. That's where. And I've yes. been to the river town of Gallipolis, you know. Have you really? Oh, man, yeah. I've been down there and went through some of the antique shops. And, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great, beautiful old river town. So it is really, yeah. So that's what you and I have that in common. You don't know this, but we're both river rats. And so (laughs) I was raised like five blocks from the Ohio river. You were raised in a little town, not far from the river. So we kind of have that in common. That's what makes us such great people, right? That's right. That's right. My dad, he worked on the river too. So for many, many years. Oh, that's Yes, he did. What kind of work did he do? He was a mechanic on, uh, for two different companies there in near Galpolis and in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which yeah. is across the river. Yes, so right. That's, yeah, he that's, loved it. That's neat. So uh, where did you go to school and where did you end up going to college? What were Tell us a little bit about those years in your life. All right. I uh, went to Bidwell Elementary and then off to North Gallia High School. I graduated from there and... Then I attended God's Bible School, and I got my the big joke of the time. I don't know if it still is, but it was the MRS degree. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I did not graduate because I ended up with my MRS degree, mm-hmm. and uh, I married Rick Grubbs, yes. and we in 1980 three and then we had started having our children in 85 and it was just a tremendous time that's neat yeah that and god's bible school and college i i teach there still as an adjunct professor and i've taught there for a number of years and the Uh mrs degree is still widely sought after just so you (laughs) just so you know that it really is still very very popular but that's neat that you guys met at the Bible College and that you started your lives out together. Where where did you live early on? Where did you live? What state? Well, we started out in my home hometown, mm-hmm. and uh, we when we were first married, uh, we lived in a little. We started out in a little camper for two weeks, and then we moved oh, wow. into an apartment. And then uh, shortly thereafter, um, my home church uh, invited Rick to be the pastor. And so we that was our first pastor that we took. Wow. And we lived in uh, the parsonage there in Morgan Center. Mm-hmm. And how yeah. many years were you there? Did you pastor with that church? We were there a couple years. And... Um, then we had moved to uh, Portsmouth from that point on, mm-hmm. where another son was born. Okay. <laughs> and another river town. <laughs> and another river town, right, yes. Right. And then Rick just was feeling the call of God to further his education. We end up at um, in Indiana. Okay. And mm-hmm. he was uh, at Westfield, and he went to college. Right. And then he became very ill. And then uh, it was just a lot of stuff was happening during that time with his health. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but he kept going. <laughs> yeah. Well, we want to pick up on that story here in, in just a moment. We're going to pick up on that story because that will get us right into 
the book that you wrote that we want to talk about as well, entitled Anchored in Hope. But before we move on any further in the story, I just want to tell our listening audience about uh, about Rhine's Auto Sales. They are located in Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. Dwight Rhine, good friend of mine, is owner of this auto sales business in which they have a lot of wonderful used vehicles and they have a beautiful website and a lot of people a lot of friends of mine have bought vehicles from Dwight Rhine that's Rhine's Auto Sales R I N E S Rhine's Auto Sales it's a very family friendly business located in Mifflinburg Pennsylvania it, if you'd like to look at their selection just go to rhinesautosales.com on their website again that's Rhine's Auto Sales or feel free to call him at 570-966-2277. Now back to your story. You, you said you were in Westfield around the year 2000 and somewhere in that vicinity. And things began to happen with Rick's health. Pick us up mm-hmm. from there and tell us a little bit about what was going on and what took place during that time. Well, just to back it up a little bit, when we lived in Portsmouth, that's when... Uh, he became very, very ill and had uh, some had gone through some surgeries for um, uh, gallbladder surgery and everything, but he just wasn't getting well. And he was sent to Columbus University Hospital, and that's where they ran multiple tests and discovered that he had a colon and liver disease. And at the time, they told us that he had... 10 years approximately to live, possibly 12 at the most. And that was quite a shock. And um, then we were just off to uh, live our lives after that. And that's where the third party, you know, in our marriage, because it was always God. And then, you know, Rick and I, but disease came in and was intruded into our marriage. But we, with the strength of God, that we were able to, just focused on living every day, you know, to the fullest. And, and it didn't stop Rick from living life, even though he would have hard days. We, he kept pastoring, he kept ministering. And we went to different churches from that point on. And then uh, where we um, ultimately uh, ended up in Belvern in Pennsylvania. Oh, which wow. was an amazing, yeah, that was an amazing step that God had led us and he knew exactly where we needed to be at the right time. Mm-hmm. And the people that who were surrounding us during that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was something that we did not expect, you know, when you're first married, you know, Oh, absolutely. I was expectantly expecting happily ever after and he was my knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, but uh, that was not what happened with us. And then when in 2000, uh, he had gone through multiple surgeries by that point. And still he was associate pastor at that time and worship leader because he felt like God was taking him in a different step uh, instead of being a full-time full uh, time minister. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then that October of 2000, um, excuse me, September of 2000, he became very ill. 
again, and this time it didn't, um, it was different that time. Mm -hmm. And so we called his doctor and that's when they had him come in and after some tests and everything, um, he had, um, lymphoma and that's not what he had prior because <laughs> okay. he was just dealing with the colon liver disease, but right. this was the surprise in the whole thing. And, um, he was admitted, um, and what was ironic on, that was on October 3rd and by November 23rd, which was Thanksgiving day, he passed away. On Thanksgiving just in that day. Short of, oh my. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was quick. And those were some difficult days to say the least. Oh, I cannot imagine. Now I, I've met your husband. I knew your husband just, you know, just yes. in passing acquaintance, but for those who don't know, didn't know your husband, Rick, what was, tell us what his personality was like. So how would you describe him to somebody? Uh, what was he like? What was his personality? What were some of the things that you remember today that stood out to you about his life? He was love life mm -hmm. and he was vivacious. He did not meet a stranger and I just know many, many times he would just stop whatever we were doing if he saw someone in need. Mm -hmm. And he was always there to give a hand. Um, through the years, we had so many people into our homes, you know, that was ministered to from all walks of life. And we saw incredible transformations. And Rick just not only gave a helping hand but he was he also discipled people mm -hmm. and if someone came to the lord you know it wasn't just let loose right but he right. embraced them and, and brought them in and discipled them and it was just he was he was larger than life yeah that's yeah. that's the way i always described it larger <laughs> than life <laughs> well that you know, so did his personality by any chance fall on any of the kids? Do you ever see some of him in any of your children from time to time? I do. I've got four, yeah. four adult children now, yeah. and I do see that in in them, but not quite to that extent <laughs> that he was. <laughs> he was he was unique, and yes, it was, yes. he was a tremendous guy. Yes, that's great. Well, and that. You know, again, when he, you lost him, what a huge loss that had to be, because you probably in many ways are, were almost polar opposite to some degree, mm -hmm. more the yes. quiet introvert, uh, not, yes. not that, yeah, it just, so all of a sudden you, you lost a very valuable part of your life and mm -hmm. What were those days like as you look back and think about those first few weeks? What was that like for you? Well, those first few weeks, well, it was, I can't really put it into words what it was like. It was just, it was very, very difficult. And I know that those days after that he was gone, in one particular instance, when I was at home, the kids were at school and I, I was 
in deep grief. And I didn't know what my next step was going to be. And I, I just heard that still small voice saying to me, you've got two choices. You can wallow in your grief and just not really live a full life. Or you can just hold on fast to God and just let him work through you and, and bring things to life for you. And, and, and I remember just it because I was home alone Mm -hmm. and it was like that voice was right there as if I saw a physical person. And I was like, I don't want to wallow in grief. I don't want to stay in grief. I, you know, Mm -hmm. Rick would even want me to live. And he even told me that he didn't want me to stop living. And, and that's when I I was like, yes, I'm going to start, I'm going to keep living. I'm not going to stop. I can't stop. And that's what, when I made that choice, I, I felt that shift in my heart that I knew God, Mm -hmm. he was there already through everything that we'd experienced, but he was going to continue to be with me. That was my hope. Right. And that's what I put my trust in. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said. That was your hope, and that's what you put yes. your trust in. You, you're not the first person, Elena, who has shared with me that after grief and loss like this, that they came to that moment, that time of decision, like either you stay here and and you're stuck here for the rest of your life in grief yeah. and remorse and regret and anger or whatever, or you have a choice, and that is to live the life that God still has for you to live. Yes. And, but it's, it's different, isn't it? It's never the same. It's different, but it's still a good life, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I think that's that, I think for people who've gone through grief, loss, trauma, I think sometimes we we have to be realistic and say, it's not, no, if you think it's going to be the same, no, it's never going to be the same. No. But can it be good? Absolutely, it can be good. And it's just a matter, but it is a journey to find that good life again, isn't it? What were maybe looking back, can you think of maybe a couple of things that helped you like in that? So in that in that decision that I'm going to do this and I'm going to live the life God has for me and my husband would want me to live to go on living. What were a couple of like practical things maybe that you started doing or some shifts that you started making that were intentional in that I'm going to start living the rest of my life and enjoying the life Mm -hmm. God has for me for the future. Well, I remember the, what is my life verse today is Joshua one nine and God had given that verse to me years prior to Rick's passing and at the time, I, I didn't understand what it meant for me, you know, as I read through Joshua, the book of Joshua, and, um, and that was before Rick became ill. And then when that happened, when he became ill, that's when the realization of what Joshua 1-9 meant for me, that I was having to be strong and courageous. Right. And then when he passed away, I held tight to Joshua one and nine, because be strong, be courageous. And I, that's what just caused me to want to step up 
because I knew that's what God had called me to do is to be strong and courageous. That's great. And that's, that's what just propelled me along because <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you're being propelled along, yeah. you know, on this grief journey and everything. Right. And, Boy, and life, life verses are really important, aren't they? To have they a are. life verse that just, you constantly oh. go back to that. There's just something powerful about the life verse, isn't there? There is yeah. definitely. That's great. And that's the way it was for me. And then of course, God placed people in my life that just one particular friend, uh, her name's Jennifer, that she was there every step of the way through Rick's when he passed away. And she was like, you're not going to just sit around and, and just be sad. <laughs> but she was very <laughs> instrumental yeah. in helping me in those difficult days. Yeah. That's and great. A lot, as well as my children. Yeah. Well, that we could talk a long time about that because I'm a firm believer that our lives as Christians, it was never intended to be lived in a vacuum. We need community and mm -hmm. especially community becomes important, important in our lives yes. when we're going through grief and loss and trauma. And yet, sadly, a, the devil convinces a lot of people to just withdraw and just mm -hmm. try to do it on their own or just, you know, shrivel up in their loneliness. But that's awesome that you had a friend who wasn't going to let you. They right. weren't going to let you just stay <laughs> stuck there. So that's great. And then a couple years yeah. later, something happens. What This guy named Peter, what's this all about? Oh, Yeah. That was just totally unexpected, but um, my husband now, uh, he had attended our church for a short period of time, and then he moved to New York, and so, um, but he had called, and he would just check on the kids and I on occasion, and then there was this, uh, then the conversations became longer and longer, and, um, <laughs> but he's from Switzerland, Oh, wow. Originally. Okay. And when he became a U.S. citizen, Rick and I represented him as his family for his naturalization oh, ceremony. Yeah. And it was just kind of odd, I think, that, well, in God's eyes, it wasn't odd, but it was just like I can see all the little steps where, you know, God was leading. Right. And, and it just felt strange, I will admit I'll admit to that, you know, because, you know, he sure. attended, had attended our church. He was a friend and everything, but it was just when the time came and he had asked me out for coffee and I said, yes. And it felt strange because I was always, I was married to Rick for 17 years right. <laughs> and then to, um, uh, going on a date with somebody I was I was but it turned out well it turned out very well and um he's been an amazing blessing just, just as amazing as Rick was mm -hmm. and um Peter means rock so that's kind of what Peter has been for me that's awesome because yeah. he he married when we got married you know we were there was still grief involved with sure. the kids and I Absolutely. It wasn't just like, this is it, we're done, it's over with. It just stays with you. And the grief changes and everything. But Peter was amazing, still is amazing, as he 
took a woman, took on a woman with four kids and all five of us were going through grief. And yet he was there for us. God knew what you needed, didn't he? God knew exactly. Absolutely did. That's awesome. And 20 years (laughs) now. Wow. That is incredible. Uh Oh, congratulations to both of you. Thank you. So you wrote a book. And let's talk a little bit about this Anchored in Hope, True Stories of God's Comfort, Love, and Strength. But I love what's written on the back of this book. It says, Mm -hmm. you are loved in the storms and struggles of life. You are Mm -hmm. loved in the storms and struggles of life. Tell us about this book and tell us a little bit about what what you're trying to convey to this through this book, or maybe what God taught you through your storm that you that you want to express in this book you wrote. Yes, well, I um, this was put on my heart for about eight years, and I did not believe that God was calling me to write this book, but He didn't let me rest because. Through all the things I had encountered in my life, I had experienced not only the loss of Rick, but most of the men in my life, in my family, my grandfather, my father, and then my brother to a brain tumor, and then just, and my mother-in-law, and just all these different trials that just was stacking up. And then with my own brain tumor diagnosis on the very same day that 20, you know, years later, 12 years later from Rick's diagnosis, all of these things were um, stories that were about the power of Christ, that through every situation I encountered there, he offered strength, and I found my hope in him, and as, and then when he um, put that call on my life to write about those storms and those struggles. There was this thing that I felt like people needed to hear that there is hope in, in every situation. That's right. And, um, no matter if you're experiencing loss, Mm um, breakups, addictions, everything that I have seen throughout my life, um, I've seen God evident in everything. That's awesome. And he remains faithful. Amen. I love the chapters. So I'm just looking through and and I've been reading through some of the book and it's, it's just a well-written, it's a beautiful book, you you, you know, thank you. But you know, chapters like rescued from the wreckage, running to your refuge, frightened, but not destroyed. Yes. Uh, Not don't are letting go of the weights that are letting go of what weighs you down, uh, mm-hmm. a gift we didn't realize we needed, believing God for the impossible, all the beautiful chapters. I mean, and uh, friends uh-huh. of mine have read this all the way through, and they just say it is just an amazing book. So well, thank you. Yeah, so that's great. What would be one or two things that you would just, as we get close to wrapping up here, what would be a couple of things you would just like to quickly say to listeners today who might be going through times of grief and loss? Hold on. And I found, I have found that when I immerse myself in God's word through his truth, I gained so much strength 
And when I surrounded myself with, if it's just one or two people that can be there for you to pray with you, Mm -hmm. to offer encouragement, find that person or those people. That's great. And, um, you know, it might be hard right now, but eventually things do get better. And it, and it's not something that happens overnight. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It takes time waiting through a lot of emotions, but God is faithful and he is there every step of the way. Amen. And he there, it's being anchored in hope. That's awesome. Well, Lena, thank you for being on the on the today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. Uh, again, the book is Anchored in Hope, True Stories of God's Comfort, Love, and Strength. And you can get this even on Amazon, correct? That's correct. All right. And if you'd like to connect with her, you can connect with her on Facebook. Uh, and so look for Alina Prish, uh, Anchored mm-hmm. in Hope. Just look for that, and you can find her and connect with her on Facebook. Alina, thanks again for being with us today on today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. And friends, as as I always say at the close of every episode, if you look to Christ, he is truly the hope of the world, and he will give you hope along the journey. God bless you today. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.